This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Hey, what's going on, Ravens fans? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Raven Up podcast. Just want to say thanks to all the loyal listeners out there for tuning in each week, and thanks for the support. And it's been a rough seven days for Ravens fans. Started towards the end of last week, season-ending injuries to Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters, in addition to a handful of other injuries that have already occurred. And then Monday night just did not go our way. 33-27 overtime loss to the Las Vegas Raiders in their building. And the sky is not falling, guys. It's it's been a tough week, but we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it together. In this episode, I recap the loss, let you guys know some of my thoughts. I keep it real. I keep it honest. Things are not great, but I'm hopeful things will get better. We also look at the upcoming matchup Sunday night. Versus the Kansas City Chiefs, things do not get any easier right now, but we're going to see what this team is made of, and we're going to see who is ready to play. And we also get into what our fellow AFC North opponents did over the last week and who they have coming up this week. So with that being said, let's get into it, and be sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Be sure you subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Follow Raven Up Pod on Twitter and let me know what you want to hear about so we can get into it in future episodes. Let's dive right in. What happens in Vegas, let's hope stays in Vegas. Things did not go our way Monday night. Let's get out of there. Let's forget any of that ever happened and let's hope things get better. Before I dive in, give some of my takeaways, some of my big thoughts, some of my notes. Quick look at the box score from Monday night. Lamar Jackson played pretty solid. He was 19 of 30 for 235 yards. He averaged 7.8 yards per attempt. He had one touchdown, zero interceptions. Uh, Good for a 98.6 quarterback rating. So overall, a pretty good game for Lamar. We'll dive into this more. But when he had time, he honestly, he looked really good. The running attack, the Ravens rushed for 189 yards on offense. So pretty, pretty up there. That's close to what they've averaged over the last few years. Lamar led the way. He had 12 carries for 86 yards. He had a handful of designed runs and then a lot of scrambles, especially in the second half. But 12 carries, 86 yards is good for 7.2 yards uh, per carry. Tyson Williams, if you've listened to this podcast, you have heard his name many times and know that I'm a believer in Tyson. He had nine carries, 65 yards, one touchdown, had a nice 35-yard touchdown run on a fourth and one play early on to get the Ravens going. Um, he did not touch the ball a ton in the second half. I have some numbers to get into that later, but we're sticking to the box score for now. Latavius Murray did have 10 carries for 28 yards. He added in a touchdown run himself. Didn't look great. Didn't have a lot of room to run in some areas, but what can you expect for a guy who was just signed? He had like two days of practice prior to Monday night's game. So like seeing the touchdown, hopefully with time, he will improve. Ravens receivers, nice to see Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown step up. Sammy Watkins had four catches, 96 yards, had a nice 49-yard bomb from Lamar in the fourth quarter that could have set up a game-winning touchdown. 
Marquise Brown, six catches, 69 yards, and a nice touchdown catch on a great play from Lamar scrambling around in the pocket. Sammy and Marquise for both running in the back of the end zone. He found Marquise for the touchdown. And then other than that, though, not a ton else going on in the passing game. Tyson Williams did have three catches for 29 yards. Nice to see him contributing both on the ground and through the air. Mark Andrews only had three catches for 20 yards. Dropped. I put that in quotes. He dropped or the defender made a really nice play, but he had a chance to make a nice play that really would have set the Ravens up for a potential game-winning field goal in overtime and just couldn't come down with the catch. So Mark had three for 20 with the potential for a bigger game and just couldn't make a play. Defensively, Patrick Queen led the way. He had nine tackles, did have a nice sack on one of his delayed blitzes. He is so good at hiding behind the, the defensive line and then just shooting through a gap and getting himself a sack or two. He overall played really well. Marlon Humphrey also had nine tackles. He was all over the place. He was lining up against Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro. He was all over the place and really did give up a game when he touched on. Obviously, he was in coverage on that play, but can't fault him too much for that. Marlon um, really played his his heart out. So those are some quick takeaways from the box score, but I mentioned Tyson Williams. So in the first half, Tyson Williams came out strong. He had seven carries. He had 64 yards. And like I said, he had that touchdown to get us going. He also had two catches for 23 yards. So as I said, he was contributing both on the ground and through the air. But then something happened in the second half and overtime. He only had two carries for a grand total of one yard. He did throw in a catch for six yards, but for whatever reason, Tyson barely made an impact in the second half. I think that is a mix of a couple of reasons why. One, it seemed like cameras picked up. He had his helmet off and was stretching some things out on the uh, sidelines in the second half. It also seemed like the Ravens maybe just didn't want to totally hand him the keys to the offense. Obviously, he's an undrafted uh, rookie last year, that is, and then this is only his second year in the league. So it's just a lot to ask to come in and be the feature back. But I hope Tyson is fully healthy and has the chance to prove his worth as the lead feature back in this offense. So that's something I'll be keeping my eyes on Sunday night versus the Chiefs. Some other stats here uh, I wrote down that I've seen out on Twitter and in some articles, but a lot of people, if you follow the Ravens closely, you've probably seen some of these, but the Raiders, they were in Lamar Jackson's face all night long. I tweeted something out on the very first possession. Just, it was clear Alejandro Villanueva was getting beat like a drum and things needed to improve. Lamar was under pressure on 54% of his dropbacks. That resulted, it was 18 pressures on 33 dropbacks. For the Raiders, it was their highest team pressure in a game in the next-gen stats era, era. That goes back to 2016. So this game was literally, the Raiders had never had more pressure on a quarterback going back all the way to 2016. And just for comparison, everyone remembers the Super Bowl last year. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs versus Tom Brady and the Bucks. Everyone remembers Tom Brady getting the win, but Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. His offensive line was so bad. Tampa was consistently getting pressure on him. In that game, in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure 52.5% of the time. 
Lamar, Monday night, 54%. So everyone remembers, oh, Patrick Mahomes running for his life. Oh, Patrick Mahomes can still, you know, make a play. But people don't realize, or you're not hearing it said, that Lamar was under pressure even more than Patrick Mahomes was. And Lamar still put up some decent numbers. He had two crucial fumbles that put the Ravens' defense in a bad spot. But Lamar still played pretty well. But we'll get into that. On his 21 clean dropbacks, when he did drop back the pass and he was not under pressure, this is according to Pro Football Focus, he was 13 of 18 for 170 yards. So when he had time, he was solid. 13 of 18, 170 yards. Those are great numbers. Another point that I found interesting, when the Ravens ran play action, Lamar was 10 of 13 for 147 yards. No sacks on those 15 dropbacks with play action. A lot of that came from Lamar being under center. That was a new wrinkle to the offense this year that Greg Roman hinted at, that Lamar would be under center, under center way more than he was in previous years. In 2019 and 2020, he was pretty much exclusively in the shotgun, but the Ravens showed that they are not afraid to put Lamar under center, and I think that can help in many different areas. But one area we saw Monday night was the play action, and Lamar, again, 10 of 13 for 147 yards, no sacks on those dropbacks. So I'm going to be looking for that in future games, but that was nice to see. And again, when Lamar did have a clean pocket, he looked really good. He looked really good. Let's get into some more quick thoughts here, just kind of my takeaways from the game. Yes, things did not go well offensively at times with the offensive line. Things did not go well defensively. But in the end, the Ravens had a chance. There were 37 seconds left after the Mar marched them down the field. Justin Tucker kicks what we think is a game-winning field goal. 30 seconds left, or 37 seconds left. The Raiders have no timeouts. Basically, and one, two incompletions or one, you know, five-yard completion where the clock's running ends the game. But the Ravens give up two crucial plays. It was like an 18-yard pass play and a 20-yard pass play. And all of a sudden, the Raiders are in range. They kick a 55-yard field goal to send things to overtime. And the Ravens obviously did not get it done in overtime. But it's just so frustrating. There are many different frustrating parts. But to me, that's the biggest thing is that with 37 seconds left, we had them pinned back on their 25-yard line. No timeouts, and we let them get in field goal range. Ugh, so frustrating, but I don't want to harp on that. One bright spot, a few different bright spots throughout the game, but one guy I wanted to highlight was Odafe Owe. Heard so much this offseason. You know, how do you draft a guy in the first round? How do you draft a guy that has zero sacks? Well, the Ravens front office scouts, Obviously, believed in what they saw. He's an athletic freak. He can run all over the place. He had a team high five pressures Monday night. He did get his first sack, so I love just seeing seeing him come away with that sack in his first game after not having a sack all last year. It was just neat to see. He also led all rookie defenders in week one quarterback pressures, so love to see that. Hopefully, he can keep it up. Maybe he throws his name out there in the NFL Rookie of the Year conversation. Another quick thought, back to the negative side of things, that Mark Andrews drop was just so critical. Again, that could have set up a game-winning field goal that Ravens only would have needed another 15 to 20 yards in overtime to put them in position to make a play. But again, it's tough to call it a drop because the defender came in and knocked the ball out, but that's a play where you want your now third highest paid tight end in the NFL. That's the play you want him to make. After that, that led to third and seven, and that led to the Ravens dropping back to pass, 
the Mar fumbles with pressure around him. The Raiders recover, and then a couple of plays later, they win the game. So, unfortunately, it's been a theme for Mark Andrews a little bit. I'm a big Mark Andrews fan, but he's had some drops in crucial moments. So, definitely want to see that get cleaned up. But I believe in Mark. I'm a Mark fan, but that was just critical. That was, that was huge. Next, the offensive line, the offensive tackles. They were just brutal. There's no other way to put it. Alejandro got beat like a drum, as I said earlier, the entire night. It was just brutal. I mean, Max Crosby and Carl Nassib were just, they they were having their way with Alejandro, but I want to give him some credit. He's switching positions. He's going from the left side to the right side. Things aren't going to be great week one. I think that's to be expected. It needs to just give him time, give him more game reps, give him more practice, give him more reps with the starting offensive line, and things hopefully will get better. They kind of need to get better because, frankly, the Ravens have no other option. Ronnie Stanley on the left side wasn't a ton better, but I think throughout the game he started to kind of gain his composure a little bit. And remember, Ronnie Stanley shattered his ankle in November last year. T.J. Watt landed on his ankle, and he he pretty much broke his ankle. And this was his first game back, first regular season game, obviously. So it's going to take some time for Ronnie to come back healthy. He has shown that when he is healthy, he can dominate. I'm not too worried about Ronnie. It will take him some time. I don't think come Sunday night he's going to be back to his full self, but just give him some time to get back. But it was clear the offensive tackles were struggling Monday night. Again, I mentioned these in the stats. Nice to see good games from Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins, though. I talked about them a lot. I talked about their week one performances. They have always shown up, and they showed up again Monday night. Hollywood had the nice touchdown. Sammy had the beautiful long completion uh, in late in the fourth quarter. He also had some nice uh, catch and runs, nice yards after the catch. So it was great to see them performing. Would like to see more help from Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. The Ravens got to spread the ball around a little more. And I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, they had so much time. You know, Lamar dropped back to throw 50 times. But would like to see those guys take some pressure off of the other two guys. On the defensive side of the ball, we didn't have enough pressure from our defensive line, especially against a really bad or supposed to be bad offensive line. There were some injuries there. The guys weren't uh, – the Raiders didn't have some of their starters. They even had an injury guy go down during the game. And the Ravens' defensive line, they got some pressure on Derek Carr, but for the most part, to me, they just weren't getting home enough. They weren't making life difficult enough for Derek Carr. I was hoping to see more from maybe Justin Matabike. He had had such a great preseason and training camp. Everyone was talking him up. He was pretty quiet, didn't really have his name called, but um, just want to see better, just want to see improvement, just want to see the defensive line getting pressure without having to blitz so much. The secondary, they held up okay, especially the first three quarters. I think towards the end of the game and over time, they were just so tired, they were gassed. But like I said earlier, Marlon Humphrey was all over the place. He was covering Darren Waller. He was covering Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. He was just, he was making plays. Can, nothing to say, nothing bad to say about Marlon. Anthony Averett held up pretty well. Chris Westry held up pretty well. He did give up the long play that was almost a touchdown and then got ruled at the one yard line. Tavon Young didn't have a great first game back from injury as well. He's another guy with time. I think he bounces back, but overall, I think the secondary held up okay. They just got really tired of being on the field towards the end of the game, but some overall thoughts, I've kind of hit on these throughout my general thoughts, but because of injuries, because of guys in new positions, the Ravens, they had a tough task on their hands. They were playing 
in a stadium with fans for the first time. The Raiders fans were so into it, and they just had a tough task. People, I don't think, realize how the Raiders are a pretty good team. They ended up, I went back and looked last year, they beat Kansas City once, they beat the Saints, so they're obviously not a bad team. And on offense, they're a pretty solid team. Derek Carr can be a really good quarterback. Darren Waller, obviously, is an amazing tight end. Henry Ruggs has some speed. Josh Jacobs, you know, so on and so forth. But the Raiders aren't a bad team, and the Ravens found that out Monday night. As I was saying, though, the offensive line should be better with time and hopefully good health. They did lose Tyree Phillips at least for a few weeks. Not sure. It seemed to be like a season-ending injury for him, but haven't exactly heard what the latest is, so maybe he can come back. But for now, he's going to be out, it seems like, at least for a few weeks. Alejandro should get better with more time at right tackle. Bozeman at center should be more and more comfortable. And hopefully, as the offensive line gets more reps together, things get better. But obviously, we have a huge question mark with the offensive line right now. Left guard remains a spot where Tyree Phillips got the start. He got hurt. Ben Powers came in, looked okay. But the Ravens don't seem like they want to give him that left guard starting spot. So just be interesting to see Ben Cleveland. We might call his name here at some point to come on and be the starter. But we'll just have to see how soon that is. And then my other main takeaway here was Lamar Jackson. we got to talk about the quarterback. He looked really solid, like I said, when he had the time. When there wasn't guys flying around in his face, Lamar looked like he had a really strong base. He really drove the ball downfield to his wide receivers, which was just really nice to see. He had some zip on his ball that you don't normally see, or at least we hadn't seen a ton of in the past few years. Now, I understand Lamar is not always going to have a clean pocket, but I would like to see him get the ball out a little bit earlier on some of those plays, especially in the first half. It seemed like we kept seeing Lamar pump fake. He was kind of having happy feet in the pocket. We saw him maybe pump fake to an open receiver. He waited a few seconds, and then he threw it. I want to see Lamar getting the ball out quicker, trusting his reads, and just making a throw to get rid of the ball. We saw it tons last year. You know, He didn't really trust his offensive line, his receivers, and I just want to see him making quick decisions and getting rid of the ball, especially if the offensive line is going to struggle like they did week one. But overall, questions, they they remain. We need the offensive line to get better. It was a huge storyline this offseason. Still seems to be a major issue. I have many questions about the offensive line, and we're at this point just hoping that they can get better with time. The pass rush you know, still an issue for me. We can still bring pressure all we want, can still get to the quarterback when we blitz for the most part, but some added defensive line contributors would be very beneficial to this Ravens team. Lamar Jackson, will he be figured out? It doesn't seem like it. A lot of defensive coordinators are probably still up at night when they have to game plan for Lamar Jackson. There was some talk, oh, Lamar's going to get figured out this season. Well, it does not seem like it. Just watch that touchdown pass to Marquise Brown. Look what he did when guys were all around him, stepping up, making plays, throwing a dime to Marquise uh, in the back of the end zone. Just look what he did when he had time. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be figured out anytime soon. And quite frankly, if the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson, that game is not even close Monday night. I said the Ravens lose by two touchdowns easy if you have, you know, Joe Flacco back there, even in his prime. He's just, Lamar was making play after play after play, keeping plays alive. So that's going to be, I kind of, kind of rambled there. A lot to say, had a lot to get out, but obviously week one is so 
important. You would look forward to it for so long, and it's the first game where you see your team on the field. So a lot to take away here, but again, things didn't go great. They didn't go our way. We have many questions, but I don't think it's all bad. Unfortunately, the Ravens do have to play the Kansas City Chiefs in week two. We might be staring at 0-2 before we head to Detroit, but in our next segment, I break down some thoughts in the upcoming matchup, Sunday Night Football versus the Chiefs. Just when you think things can't get any worse for the Baltimore Ravens, you look at the schedule Monday night. It was probably like midnight. It might be Tuesday morning by the time the game had ended. You look at the schedule, and then you remember, oh, yeah, the Ravens play the Kansas City Chiefs in week two. And just real quick, what's up with the NFL always scheduling Ravens Chiefs so early in the season? Back in 2019, it was. I think they played in week three, similar to last year. They played Monday Night Football week two or three. And then this year, they play week two. I don't know why every year it has to be such an early season game. You'd think they would want that more towards the end of the season. But it is what it is. The Ravens coming off this tough loss Monday night. On a short week, the Chiefs come to town, and it will be nice to finally have them in our house with fans. Even though we're coming off such a tough loss and things don't look great right now, I fully expect M&T Bank to be rocking. If I were there in attendance, I know I would be absolutely fired up. Even if, again, we're a little down right now, doesn't matter, but... It's tough. It's tough. Things do not get easier. The Ravens very possibly might be looking at an 0-2 start, and then they'll be heading to Detroit to looking to get that first win. But I'm kind of having the thought, you know, obviously it's a tough matchup. The Chiefs are one of probably the two best teams in the NFL. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they're 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But if we're ever going to beat Kansas City, maybe the time is now. Maybe it's when no one expects us to. We find a way to win. Not saying that's what's going to happen, but it would not surprise me. That's kind of just how sports work sometimes. If you watch enough sports, you realize that the best wins are sometimes the most surprising wins where you just don't see it coming. So we'll see what happens. I'm not super hopeful, but let me get into a couple things that I'll be watching and a couple factors that might just decide the game. First one, don't need to talk about this too much because we already have. Can the offensive line improve quickly? I'm not expecting any crazy improvements, any major changes, but can they hold up a little bit better? Can they give Lamar a little bit more time in the pocket? They're going to have to block Chris Jones and Frank Clark, two guys who get after the quarterback extremely well. Should be no problem. Should be no problem for this line. Only kidding, but again, it just needs to be another half second, another second where Lamar has some time to find the open receiver. Also, offensively, I'm looking at the running back situation. Do the Ravens trust Tyson Williams to pick up yards when needed and maybe give him 15 to 18 carries? We saw week one, the, the Browns got off to a really hot start versus the Chiefs. They were pounding the ball down their throats. And yes, the Browns have a really good offensive line. Yes, Nick Chubb and yes, Kareem Hunt are all really good, but that's how you beat the Browns. You keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline by pounding the rock, eating up play time, play time and the play clock, and again, keeping Mahomes on the sideline. So if our running game can get going, that'll be huge. If Tyson can get going, or maybe it's Latavius Murray, maybe even Le'Veon Bell or Devontae Freeman get caught up 
I don't know what exactly, but I would love to see Tyson get that chance and for the Ravens coaching staff to trust him to be the guy to keep the ball moving. The Ravens will be able to run the ball, in my opinion, and I want to see Tyson get that chance. And then what receivers are going to step up? We talked about Sammy and Hollywood both having great uh, week one games. I want to see them keep it up. Uh, we have a really good thing going with those guys. If they can consistently continue to make plays, that'll only help the offense and the entire team out so much more. It's a potential revenge game for Sammy. He didn't have any sort of bad ending or anything like that in Kansas City. It's not this huge hyped-up matchup, but this is his former team. Everything is always a little bit different when you're playing your former team, and Sammy definitely wants to go out there and prove to Kansas City what he can do. So would love to see for him catching a big touchdown or having a long catch-and-run would be just awesome to see. So I'll be watching the offensive line, how the running backs play out and what receivers step up offensively, hoping that maybe again, we see something from Devin Duvernay. He did have one screen where he looked pretty good, but just not enough consistency from him or any other receiver really. And then just on defensive, on the defensive side of things, how do the Ravens match up against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Those are the two main weapons those are really, I think Mahomes throws like 70% or 60% from week one of his targets to those guys. And don't blame them. They're two, one of the best wide receivers and pretty much the best tight end in football. So the Ravens got warmed up with Darren Waller. Now it's Travis Kelsey. I'm sure Marlon might have some time on both of them. Obviously, Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott will see some time on Travis Kelsey probably. So just got to hope that you're not going to keep those guys down for too long, but hope you can just limit the big explosive plays. Tyreek Hill just always seems to find a way to score like a 70-yard touchdown against the Ravens. We'll see what happens. I would much rather get beat by someone not named Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Some of their secondary weapons um, would be would be nice, but we'll see what happens there. Also, how much do we come after and blitz Patrick Mahomes? He has picked us apart in the past when we blitz him, when we put our corners on an island, and that's when we had Marcus Peters. We don't have Marcus Peters right now. So if we choose not to blitz and sit back and play, you know, six, seven, eight men in the secondary, can we get pressure on him? We didn't get pressure when we didn't blitz week one. We haven't a lot in the past few years. Kind of concerning, but I think Wink will not – play it shy I think he'll play it like he typically does and he will want to get after Mahomes so it just comes down to can the Ravens disrupt his timing can they get after him in the pocket and uh, that's that's going to play a huge factor in this game so it's interesting it's kind of similar to the the Ravens and Raiders in their week one game the Ravens are going to have to stop a really good tight end they're going to have to stop some really good pass rushers, and it's going to play. That's really what's going to decide the game, in my opinion. I said earlier, I think they have a chance. I think if they're ever going to be the Chiefs, it would be now or maybe in the playoffs later on. That would actually be really nice, and that's what would be preferred. But I'm thinking a 31-24 to 24 loss on Sunday night. That's my prediction. 31-24 loss. I think the Ravens keep it close, but in the end, they have too much working against them to win Sunday night. And in our last segment, just real quick, wanted to take a look around the AFC North. 
see where things stand after week one as we head into week two. The Steelers got off to a good start. They beat the Buffalo Bills. I did not fully expect that one, but the Steelers' defense really shut down a really explosive Buffalo offense. They got a big special teams touchdown to give them a late boost, and they made a statement. Credit to Pittsburgh. Not sure if it's more of the Bills not performing or the Steelers playing really well, but give them credit. They beat a really good team. The Steelers are 1-0. The Browns, as I mentioned earlier, they lost to Kansas City. They came out hot. They had a lead, but in the end, Kansas City did Kansas City things. You see Mahomes rolling out to his right, just launches a bomb across his body to Tyreek, scores a long touchdown. That's just what they do. But they showed out pretty the, – the Browns, that is, looked pretty good. And even though they lost, they made a statement that they're going to have a good year. And then the Bengals, they beat the Vikings in overtime. Pretty big game from Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase made his presence felt, had over 100 yards and a touchdown. So even the Bengals got off to a start. They're 1-0. So the Steelers 1-0. The Bengals are 1-0. The Browns did lose their 0-1 along with the Ravens. And then in week two, it'll be interesting to see. The Raiders travel to Pittsburgh, so they do have to fly across the country, travel across the country. But it'll be interesting to see. I really hope the Steelers don't like blow out the Raiders in week two. That would just make that loss so much worse. I hope Darren Waller catches 13 passes for 160 yards and three touchdowns against the Steelers defense. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but it'll be interesting to see kind of where the Ravens are really at. If the Raiders perform really well and they beat the Steelers, that'll make me feel a lot better about where things stand. The Texans travel to Cleveland. The Texans got off to a good start. They beat Jacksonville, not exactly saying much, but people didn't really expect too much from Houston this year. They travel to Cleveland. I'm thinking Cleveland probably holds their own, and they get their first win of the season. And then the Bengals play in Chicago versus Andy Dalton and the Bears for now. Could be Justin Fields eventually, but it's kind of a toss-up. I'll say the Bears win that one, but the Bengals have a chance to go 2-0, and and that would be really something if they do. So that's a quick look around the AFC North. Obviously, this is the Ravens podcast, but those are our rivals and what determines who makes the playoffs. So I just wanted to keep you guys updated. But, but that's going to do it this week for our episode. As always, thanks for listening. I appreciate the support. Let me know your thoughts if you have any thoughts or questions or anything you want to hear about on future episodes. Share this episode with a friend, with a fellow Ravens fan who you think might enjoy it. And be sure to follow on Twitter at RavenUpPod. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and enjoy the game Sunday night. Enjoy it. Football's back. The Ravens, we love them. Even though they drive us crazy, we love watching our Ravens. I know I do. Enjoy the game. I'll see you guys next week. Let's go Ravens.